Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I'm uh, what I love about uh, Zoom and technology, uh, love it that we've been able to reach people all over the world with it is one great thing. But another thing is I get to interview and talk to guys uh, like my guest today who live in other cities. So uh, I've got a special guest today. His name is Kirk Sterling. He's part of Influencers Memphis. And uh, so welcome, Kirk. Thank you. And uh, so, Kirk, uh, we love uh, sharing testimonies of of what God did through the journey and and through the the discipleship process and all that. So, why don't you help everyone get to know you a little bit, talk about yourself a little bit about, and also maybe where you were uh, when you got invited to the journey and and uh, how that all came about, and uh, a little bit about what happened to the journey, and then we're going to get into some some events that have happened recently that really kind of tested the, the concepts that you learned, right? So uh, why don't you just start, start back when, when you got invited to the journey a little bit, where you were in, in life at that moment. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, I live here in Olive Branch, Mississippi, just outside of Memphis. Uh, I live here with uh, you know, a wife at the time and uh, a young daughter. Uh, we have four adult kids as well, but uh, only one of them was local. The other three are out in other cities living their lives. So uh, it was uh, 2019 when I was invited uh, to my first journey. Um, Howard Jones was the um, lead guide for that, and George Carnell was his co-guide. Uh, George is the one that invited myself and two others from our uh, church um, to join. And, uh, of course, there was five or six other men that uh, Howard had brought in as well. So um, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I trusted George. Uh, and after reading uh, Journey to the Inner Chamber, I was excited. Um, I couldn't put the book down and and I'm definitely not a reader. <laughs> so when I can't put a book down, there's something's really uh, moving there. Uh, my wife and I were active in our church, um, but I can honestly say I didn't know um, where I was going. I didn't know where I needed to be. Uh, um, I, I just uh, was kind of treading water for a while. And uh, this was an opportunity to do something different. And I didn't know what to expect. Okay. So um, he just said, hey, we've got this discipleship process called the journey. Would you would you come and, and join us and all that? And, and you, you you said, as it does always work, it's called influencers for a reason because we all have influence with somebody. So George obviously had some positive influence in your life or you wouldn't have trusted him, right, to, for this thing, this crazy sure. nine-month journey. Um, so talk a little bit about what uh, grabbed you going through the journey. Maybe some of the highlights just grabbed you going through the journey process. Well, like I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks really um, took to, and that was Gabe, the story of Gabe, um, his heart. Uh, just being enveloped by that story was so powerful. Um, something that I looked at and went, wow, um, there's something to strive for. Uh, and again, uh, George was an influence, still is an influence in my life. And 
to know that he went through the same process um, first and foremost and and to see the changes in him that I thought, wow, well, this is, you know, this is my spiritual elder. He doesn't need to go through something like this. But to know that he did and that he opened his heart to the process uh, just gave me the encouragement that um, that it was something that would also uh, be powerful in my life. Maybe not to the same extent. I wasn't sure, uh, but I was willing to jump out there and give it a shot and and be a part of it and open up to it and let the process kind of take me through it. So um, what what about the, the nine month process? What are, what are some of the things you remember about that part of it? Man, the prayer walks, that was first and foremost. Um, when it came to the uh, prayer cottage and the uh, uh, sacred garden, that might've been one of the most powerful books uh, of the whole time. It was so simple, but yet brought us back to the, the simplicity of praying for others and lifting others up and just walking you through it step by step, literally how to prepare your heart and your mind for the process and then to go through it. Um, and culminating with, you know, that God is able and God is willing and God loves us and, and, and God cares, uh, all coming to the end. And then you walk through that book on that weekend. That was so powerful. Um, and it just flowed from there. Uh, and, and of course you go through what I considered the real meat of the ministry in the, uh, months of four five and six, uh, for, you know, the enabling. And it's just, uh, it, yeah, it changed my world. And I felt like uh, I was being transformed. Now, here's a side note is during that particular moment, my wife was out of town for four months. She was up taking care of her parents who were uh, going through surgeries and, and, and needing some physical help around the house. So her and my youngest daughter were gone for four months. Um, so I was able to really focus first and foremost. But then um, when they came home, I was hoping that she would see the changes I felt were already in my life. Mm. Did she ever, did she ever say anything about that? You know, um, she did eventually to me, but the first thing she did was write a letter. And at the end of the nine months, she wrote a, a personal letter to George and to Howard expressing to them, um, the changes that she saw, the transformation she saw and, and, and how thankful she was uh, for them to be a part of this and to uh, not only invite me along, but encourage me along the route. So uh, those letters were shared back with me. And uh, and then I got to hear in her own words uh, what she was uh, feeling and what she saw. And, uh, you know, that's that's powerful in itself because, you know, our, our first influence is always our immediate family. And when they can pick up on it, when they can see uh, what God's doing in your life and how he's changing you and making you a, a better husband and a better father and a better friend and, and being able to influence others and seeing the change in, um, in your attitude and, and, and just everything that you do, you have a different approach to it because you are abiding so much closer with the Holy Spirit. Yes, it was, it was awesome to hear. Uh, it was confirmation really that, uh, that the journey worked <laughs> and that it was uh, a part of my life to kind of stay. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't know if they could hear the uh, sensitivity in your voice on this podcast, but uh, Kirk, why don't you tell them what happened here in the last year to you because uh, you lost your wife and it was a, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a surprise, a tragedy. It was COVID related. Um, tell a little bit about that and then we'll kind of go back into, you know, sure. how, how you're sure. doing and all that. Yeah. Well, um, my wife uh, uh, was a part of a, a women's weekend. It's called Discipleship Walk here in North Mississippi. Uh, and she, we both had been involved in the men and women's program for about four or five years. And it was a program that she felt very strongly about. Um, and even in uh, 2020, when we were kind of at the height of this pandemic, um, she wasn't backing away from being in a group of women and being away and, and being in close quarters. And that year was just fine. Everything was good. Uh, but then in 21, during that same weekend, um, she contracted the, the COVID uh, virus and uh, was pretty sick. And after about three days was hospitalized. Um, she was hospitalized for 14 weeks. Um, and her lungs and uh, the scar tissue continued to deteriorate and, and grow to the point where uh, her lungs, they couldn't heal. Um, they, uh, the doctors did everything they could, uh, and they just couldn't get the lungs to heal properly for her to continue to uh, breathe on her own and uh, oxygenate uh, properly for the rest of her organs in her body. And uh, just after New Year, uh, on the 3rd of January, she passed away. Um, it was hard to uh, walk through at the time. But I tell you, if it wasn't for uh, my abiding relationship and the things that I had learned and the, and the, the process, as I keep saying, of the journey, I definitely wouldn't have been at nearly as strong uh, walking through those 14 weeks with her. Mm. And uh, I think the influence from there is directly on our nine-year-old daughter who saw me walk through that and saw how I processed it, saw how I went through it. And there's still emotional days, even even right now. But um, we all know that she's in a much better place. And more importantly, um, her influence um, through uh, the journey process as well with women. And then for the men that saw me walk through it, I believe um, it's it's a ripple effect. We just dropped the stone in the pond. And right now we're seeing the ripple out. And uh, I hope it continues to move and, and grow uh, so that that circle of influence continues to touch other lives and that we can continue to uh, change their lives, point them in the right direction and do it through a testimony that really only God can lay out before us. Is that, what's your wife's name again? Sandra. Sandra, that's right. Um, did she get a chance to go through the journey with the, some of the she women did. over there? Oh, she okay. did. She actually went through it just in uh, the spring of 21. So she had just gone through the process. She had read my books already. She had heard the audibles, so uh, she uh, she was touched by a lot of that uh, in the uh, first year of my journey. Now, this is the start of my fourth year, 
Um, but in my first walk, um, she was able to uh, listen to the audible tapes with me and, and hear hear some of the books and hear Rocky speak. And uh, she was definitely moved by it. So uh, she's she was familiar with it, but then she got to take it on herself and it did truly change her perspective. Because mm. there's a very strong women's movement within Memphis, you know, of, uh, that, I, that they were one of the first places it really took off, you know, around the country. So, um, well, Kirk, first of all, very, we're sorry, so sorry for your loss. And 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 I, I told you when I talked to you the other day, I lost my dad from COVID and it, and it was n- not expected, no underlying conditions. It was just crazy, you know, um, in end of 2020. Um, so I've been having to deal with my own grief and all that, but I wouldn't compare it to losing losing your your love of your life and your best friend. I understand that. Um, well, you mentioned something about learning things in the journey, and I'm thinking about the things that we put forth in the journey. And there is there is an undercurrent of helping guys understand and women that there are going to be trials in the life of a believer and that God allows these trials into our life, you know, to, to take us into places that we need to go to deepen our faith, to, to strengthen our faith, to... Uh, you know, there's an the idea of uh, discipline and pruning and sifting and those kind of things. And of course, nobody would nobody would want this kind of, of a thing. But what do you think God's it, I know it's all fresh and all that. Do you think he's been showing you some things um, or loving you in a way that's comforting you? I'm sure that's happening. But yes, absolutely. Um, without a doubt, uh, you know, last year in particular, and, and I think it's important to be very transparent. Uh, while guiding uh, a group of men, I was kind of going through the motions. Uh, and, and I'm not proud of it, but I was in the process. I was in the middle of it, and I felt like I need to see it through. But I truly, in my heart of hearts, knew that that I wasn't giving it the right effort. And I wasn't in the right frame of mind, maybe the frame of heart, if you want to use that term, uh, in my walk. And I hadn't lost faith, uh, and I knew who God was, and I loved God. I just didn't know where Kirk was at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then Sandy got sick at the very, very tail end of my nine months with this group of men in the journey. And as she um, got sicker, I was surrounded by more and more prayer warriors. And I was surrounded by more and more uh, folks in and out of the journey that you couldn't even imagine. And, and the love and support was just so encouraging and so overwhelming. But in that same time, the Holy Spirit really touched me and, and strengthened my faith like I had never felt before, strengthened my belief like I had never felt before. And I was able to walk through this and continue to encourage others continue to live it out as we've been taught uh, so others could see what the Holy Spirit can do and why he is called the comforter and why he is a part of our lives and how important he is in times of trials like this. And I literally said the words uh, to a couple of our brothers in the journey, I'm being sifted and I never thought I would be. Uh, but God is putting me and Sandy through the sifter right now and allowing us to go through this. And I don't know why, but I don't care. I know that I need to keep my head up. I need to keep my heart right. And I need to keep abiding because he's going to see me through this. 
and he's going to see us through it. Now, he saw her through it all the way home, and she got to go to heaven. But I got a piece of her left behind. I, uh, I've i got a nine-year-old daughter that's a chip off the block, and uh, mm. I've, mm. Got, I've got my wife's legacy here on earth that I get to raise up, and I get to be a personal influence to her like I have not been to any of our other children before in my life. Uh, when she was born, we were almost 41 years old and we were like, what is going on? Well, we know the first step of that miracle. And that was to simply have a piece of my wife nine years later after I lose her that I can continue to uh, live with and, and, and grow with and influence. So that's been pretty awesome. And I'm sure there's more to come. Mm. And uh, my wife is already kind of showing out in her little angel wings already. So uh, we're uh, we're blessed. And I've been able to honestly say when people say, how are you doing? I can say, I am doing just fine because I love my wife, but I love my Lord. And he's going to bring me through this. And he has walked with me the whole way. And I'm not turning my faith away now. And uh, I kept my head up. Mm. Well. Kirk, we're we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Uh, it's going to go out later in the week, but uh, I, I gave my mom a Valentine's card over the weekend, and I was just thinking about it. they were married uh, fifty, almost fifty five years, um, and when my, when he passed away, and I I had a thought, and I thought, you know, there's proof that love is eternal, because my dad's gone, but I still feel his love for me here and I still feel love for my dad here. And so Satan might have taken taken him out or however it all works. I don't know if God allowed it, but uh but he couldn't steal the love. The love's still here. And and it just and the love we take with us, you know. Um and and I think I was thinking the front end of the journey when you really learn are learning that God knows you and he cares about you and loves you. That's so important, right? So that we can trust him, we can trust him in the times when we, when we don't understand. Or when things aren't going the way we think that they should, we can know that he's, but he loves us and he's got a plan somewhere here and there. Do you, do you feel that you think? Definitely. I mean, without a doubt, um, my lead pastor kept telling me, uh, Kirk, you know, you need to pray the the prayer of faith. Yes. We want a miracle. Yes. We want her heal. We want her to come home. There's no doubt about it. But if we pray the prayer of faith each day and every time, um, we got to trust in that and we got to know that God's will will be done. And, and that was really my ultimate prayer. Um, only at the very end, I say, Hey, if you've got a miracle handy, I sure would like to have one. But up until then, it was all about God's will because my wife was an even stronger Christian than I could ever think of. And, uh, she led by faith. Um, she led women and her family in her faith and in her love for Jesus. And uh, I knew that she was going to be okay no matter what. Um, and uh, I just hope and pray that she understood that I was going to be the same and that I would take care of, uh, take care of our family and uh, look after them and love them the best I could in the, in the ways that she would have. So, um, but yeah, that, that was the surrounding. I, I was comforted without a doubt, uh, through the Holy spirit and through, through my relationship with Jesus, um, to, to, to walk out of that again, with my head held high, knowing that 
I had come through a trial that I was allowed to walk in and I walked out the other side with Jesus next to me. Mm. Um, right now I'm thinking, Kirk, about that. When Jesus was talking about his future death before when he was still alive, he said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But once it dies, it can, it can, you know, spread, right. And, and become multiple. And I, and I thought about that in the context of how many people were praying for my dad when he was, going through his crisis, you know, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of people that were praying and, and maybe people that don't even normally pray, you know, were, were taking time to consider God because of their concern for my dad or their concern for me or whatever. And, and uh, you alluded to that a minute ago that you had people coming around you and rallying around you and being there for you. And, you know, and, and that it just, and because it went on for a few weeks, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people praying for your wife. Yeah, I, I think there's a something definitely spiritual about all that, how he took how he works something that's horrible for good to get get yeah. people thinking about him and all that. Don't you agree? I I totally agree. And and I even made the comment um that I could see those around me and and in particular the congregation at my church. I could I could see the faith growing. Again, just like myself. It's not that I didn't have faith in the beginning at all. But there's a sense of camaraderie. There's a sense of of ownership when you pray that way daily uh, for someone and for a situation to change and knowing all along that God's will will be done and and we will accept it. But to know that people were fervently lifting her up and, and praying for her and, of course, praying for us as well to have strength to walk through this. As a congregation, I saw a great movement and I saw things out of people, like like you said, strangers almost to a sense, people that I barely knew uh, coming up. And, and the evidence was in their in their tears that they mm-hmm. gave it all and they prayed and prayed until the moment that there was no need to lift her up anymore because she was on her way to heaven. So um, it was, uh, it was powerful and it hasn't stopped. Um, and I don't think her influence will stop after that either. You know, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but maybe this is helpful for somebody, but I'm thinking about how we sometimes make mistakes in the body of Christ when someone's going through something like this, of thinking that we have to have something profound to say, or, you know, we come up and ask the wrong questions or, you know, and, and, there's a uh, something I, I heard about years ago, and it's a, it's a Jewish custom, I believe, and I believe it's called Shabbat. But it was when somebody's grieving or in intense agony, they just come and they sit quietly with the person, and they don't have mm-hmm. to say anything. They're just a, a presence, a loving presence with that person without trying to fix anything or do anything, maybe serve if needed, you know. But um, I guess I'm, I wanted to ask you what you thought about that, and, and if maybe you can give advice to people out there. You know, either, you know, either if they're going to go through something like you, but but also if they're going to go try to minister to somebody in their journey group or something that because we're all going to be going through stuff. You know, right. if it's not your week this week, it's next week. You know, somebody's we're all be going through stuff. What, right. what do you think about that? Does that make sense to you? It, it makes complete sense. And, and the first thing I would say is just be honest. And tell the person. I don't know what to say. But I'm here for you or I don't know what to say. And, and put your arm around them, hold them. Uh, maybe you do know exactly what to say. 
um, because you have gone through it. Um, like in your instance, you can say, hey, I haven't lost a, my spouse, but I lost my dad. And and so I understand, you know, what, what that heartbreak can feel like. Um, but, you know, you're right. I, sometimes you don't know where to need it. Sometimes uh, a hug um, and, and an embrace that that last longer, you know, that, that, that you'd really draw somebody in and, and you just, you just give them that love and support, um, you know, arm to arm is probably the most important thing, but, but be honest and, and just let them know, Hey, I, I just want to let you know that I'm thinking about you. And surprisingly, um, more than not, that's what was said to me. Um, and, and it was, it was, uh, out of respect, I guess. Uh, I don't know, but I do know that it was what I needed to hear. And, uh, and it really kind of touched me because it's hard to know what I had gone through. Um, you know, and ironically enough, one of the gentlemen in my journey group last year, uh, passed away, um, in the summer, uh, from covert related problems that ultimately affected his heart. Um, but he was in my journey group and, uh, and I remember specifically going to his viewing and, and just put my arm around his wife. And all I can say is, you know, we love you and we loved your husband. And as a uh, group of men that were ministering with him and to him, if we can be here for you, let us do what we can do. And that's all I said, because that's all I knew to say. Um, and, uh, so when those folks approached me, literally just five months later, um, it was welcoming to know that, hey, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you. And, and I just want to pray for you. Or I just want to lift you up. Mm, that's good. Well, you said you're doing okay. And, and the Lord's sustaining you, which is good to hear. And you're going through grieving, you know, which is it's a process. Um, sure. um, how's the rest of the family doing your, your kids and, you know, your wife's parents and anything anyone like that um you know we're we're um we're closer maybe than we have been in a while um so that's a blessing uh we talk more often uh i speak to my mother-in-law two or three times a, a week and that's rare but i mean we loved each other we always spoke and had great conversations but now we have each other and we don't have my wife in between us so we have agree to lean on each other uh, more more so. The same with my sister-in-law. Um, her and, and my wife were only three years apart in age, but you wouldn't even have known it. They, they could have been twins because they were so close. So um, she has been my rock and, and my shoulder to cry on when necessary and vice versa. The kids are doing wonderful. Um, they have reached out to each other uh, they have encouraged each other, and we've all just tried to uh, be more open and and more there and more available. And I think that's so important uh, to sit down and and have conversations, have more dinners together, realize how important family is, and that we can put other things aside uh, easily, more easily, so that we can make time for each other instead of going, oh, you know, maybe next week or maybe in two weeks because this sickness came on so quickly and her going to the hospital happened so quickly uh, that even our local um, child who lived nearby didn't see her mom 
you know, before she went in the hospital and luckily was able to see her on different visitations, but had not seen her for weeks before we could go up there uh, initially. Mm. You know, um, years ago, I took a guy through the journey and he talked about how he came to faith was because his uncle passed away unexpectedly and he watched he watched the dichotomy of his dad and his other uncle and how they handled it. His dad was like a, a wreck and screaming and angry and just going crazy. And his other uncle had peace. And he said his other uncle had peace. He was a strong believer and his dad was an atheist. And he said, he, he said, just watching that made him think, I want what that, I want what my uncle has. I want that peace and all that. And so um, Jay Thompson, our regional director in Memphis, the reason he wanted us to hear your story is because we always talk about experience Trump's theory, right? It's one thing to talk about abiding in Christ, but to see it with their own eyes, you know? And so you're an example, Kirk, of what it means to abide in Christ and that there is peace and there is love and comfort when there shouldn't be right. And in our natural, in the natural, there shouldn't be. Right. Absolutely. So I appreciate it. I'm humbled by that. Um, And, and all I want people to do is look at the, reasons why is he like to ask me the questions you know if nothing else you know call me up and say listen i see something different how in the world are you acting like this how in the world are you making it through this what is you know what is going on because that opens the door that not only to tell them about the ministry of course but also to tell them about jesus and tell them about what the real core values are for um living our lives every day because like you said earlier we're going to continue to face trials and the stronger and the closer we abide, the more powerful those trials are going to be. And it mm-hmm. just, just yesterday, I started my, my, my next group of journey men and uh, I, I opened it up by saying, listen, get ready because you're under attack. It's going to come because the closer you abide, the more you dig into this, the more you get into this ministry, the harder the attacks are going to come. So be ready. I said, because I faced it last year. I've seen men face it prior years and it's going to come. So we're here for you. We're going to lift you up. We're going to support you. But just know that the harder it comes, the stronger you're going to get. Yeah, that's right. Well, and Kirk, I was thinking about how Jesus told Peter that Satan asked permission to sift you like wheat. And he says, when you turn back, go encourage your brothers. So basically, he's just saying he had given him permission. And and it's likely, Kirk, you were sifted. And uh, so, you know, Peter went on to become the greatest leader, you know, of the movement, of the Christian movement, right? And so uh, Rocky believes, and I, I agree with him, sifting leads, God's getting somebody ready for a greater ministry. And so uh, it's going to be uh, fun to watch what God does in you, Kirk, and through you, and your, as he births even more ministry through you. And um you wouldn't. Uh, you'd love to have your wife back, and I'm, I'm. I'm not minimizing that at all. But I. But I just believe that God must have some great plans for you, Kirk. I just see it in you, and you know it's going to be a joy to see how you help other people. Well, I'll. Uh, I'll keep you up to date. <laughs> I don't know what the term, but I can say I'm open to it, and uh, and that I will do my best to listen and obey. Okay, great. Well. Um, I just want to close this out by saying a prayer for you, Kirk, and uh, if that's okay, and and I want to appreciate you coming on here, and uh, we're going to be seeing you. You're just down the road six hours from here, 
So uh, we'll be we'll be seeing you soon. So great. Well, uh, Father God, thank you for Kirk and thank you for Sandra and her life. And uh, Lord, I just I just see the love that she had for Kirk and the love she had for her family and the impact she made is is still going on. It's still lasting, Lord. And and uh, we uh, thank you for the hope of of salvation, the hope of the eternal home that we have with you. She's really uh, she's really understanding abiding. Uh, we we get a glimpse of it here, but she's really getting to understand what it means to abide with you. So bless her and and her memory, and and thank you that of all the seeds that are are sprouting because of her. And uh, thank you for Kirk and his faithfulness. And and Lord, I just pray you'd use this man greatly. And I pray you'll just keep comforting him and strengthening him. And I know there'll be times of of sadness and going through the grieving process, but uh, thank you for this man and and the the ministry that is going to come out of all this Lord bless his kids and, and uh, his extended family and all the people that are, are hurting right now. But uh, thank you, Lord, how you turn uh, these trials into good father. And I'd ask all this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been the influencers network podcast. And uh, I'm so thankful I had Kirk Sterling here with me out of Memphis. And uh, we have a lot of other podcasts on our, our website. You can find us at influencers.org and, uh, we, we want to hear your story, too. So I uh, would look forward to future times. I might be able to talk to one of you guys out there all over the country, all over the world, uh, where this ministry is spreading. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.